Welcome back to Up Next on Tap, where each episode we drink a different beer and talk about something related to the creative and entertainment industry. Today is a very special episode. We have our very first guest on the podcast, Um, and it will be Jared Bright, which we've known for around six or seven years. It's been quite a long time that our friendship has has. evolved. Um, But before we introduce Jared and let him talk about himself, we are going to open up our beer because we are all thirsty. Uh, Ryan usually takes the. Oh, takes such the a weak noise. <laughs> you want to interview or you want to? <laughs> <laughs> interview the beer. Yeah, this w- this week we are <laughs> drinking. Tell us your story. Pouring beer. out of the growler, <laughs> trying not to spill onto my laptop, but we're drinking an IPA from our local brewery called Seven Bridges IPA. Never had it before. Should be exciting. Don't Ooh. be shy. I don't know how cold Thank it you. is, but technically beer is supposed to be warm, isn't it? Yes. I would say if it's a good beer, you can drink it at room temperature. If right. it's a good beer. Right. But if like it's a bad light, beer. Light, you should just yeah, just that freeze that. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Turn those mountains blue. Mm-hmm. All right. Ooh. I yeah. don't really like hoppy beers too much. This is not but very hoppy. This one's hoppy. not too bad. This is Ooh, that's interesting. It's very full body yeah. for an IPA. Hmm. I have a terrible palate, so I can't tell you like what yeah. flavors are there. I'm really good at pretending to know how to talk sure. about beer. <laughs> Someone can tell me about beer, and I'll say, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." All day Just long. talk like very broadly. Oh, the body or the right. Yeah, the yeah. it's very breathy. I don't make so it's, it's make this is a little boozy though it is yeah. do you know do you know what the abv is 64 what was that was a b ibu ibu the alcohol, alcohol. Well, by, by volume blood <laughs> uh, i don't know welcome to next uh, uh, next on tap where we pretend to know things about beer uh, yes anyways on that note jared do you want to give a quick introduction <laughs> about kind of what you do and why you think you're here sure um <laughs> Yeah, my name is Jerry Bright. Uh, I am a audio engineer and producer and musician, and that mostly an audio engineer these days. Yeah, but mm-hmm. jack of all trades, I would say. Yeah, I just I do music be, things. Kind of have to be in this industry, though, don't you? Think? You really do. Yeah, like it's stupid valuable, even to be like a live sound guy, like just the dude in the back of the room pressing buttons. Right. If that dude's also a musician, you're going to sound that right. much better. Yeah. So right. like, it it, like it, it all goes around. To your resume, it's it, exactly, and more also, and also like bands on stage need to know, all, like uh, the basics right. at right. least. Right. So I've always thought it's kind of like pretentious and annoying when like a vocalist is like, "Can you take a little bit of that one K down?" But it's also like super impressive. Oh like, yeah. It, like early like doing sound, I used to get like frustrated and annoyed if someone would like try to do my job for me type of thing sure but going on what you just said like that's that's awesome they should know how to say those things because like maybe they heard something the sound guy didn't because the sound guy's 
doing this and that and right this cable and you know well for me that's always really helpful if i'm on monitors mm. like if i'm at if i'm mixing for what the audience is hearing right. then that's kind of like hey right. don't tell me how to do my stage. job right right yeah yeah but you know if i'm mixing for them sure and like their wedges you know that sometimes like I, I can't hear Jack from right. what oh, they yeah. hear. So if they're like, hey, take 1K out, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. That so is something. So for people not listening, or you know, for people listening to this that don't really know audio engineering <laughs> and don't know what 1K apologize. means, like, do you mean kilometers? Or <laughs> Can you kind of talk about <clears throat> the difference between, like, monitors and whatever the other position you said and then like what the yeah whole i'll let the professional take this one okay what people mean yeah so at almost any concert or show you'll have two audio guys that are both mixing the sound one is what the audience hears you know the full-blown coming out of the pa that's what they're there to do the other person is your monitor guy whether it's room five and they got multiple wireless packs with their in-ears in that guy can will also have a wireless pack with in-ears and he can listen to every person in the band what they're hearing and Mm -hmm. mix that accordingly um or you know smaller shows if they have wedges which are you know speakers sitting on the floor pointed up at the band that guy Mm -hmm. can also sometimes will be a guy for that Mm -hmm. So that's the rules, and then 1K was in reference to just random frequency. So, like, the human ear supposedly can hear as low as 20 hertz all the way up to 20,000 hertz. So when you talk in audio, it's a lot of, you know, 200 is, Mm. like, you know, low mids or whatever. Mm -hmm. To your, is it kilometers? It's... Thousand, one thousand. Yes. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. My bad. And yeah. Two K means yeah. two thousand. Yes. It's an EQ, so like when you're turning the bass or the treble up in layman's terms, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah. So let's kind of talk about like what brought you into music. Like we went to Anderson together and studied yeah. music business. Um, yeah. And we met in music <laughs> business camp. <laughs> yeah, we do. If you've Plugging listened to our in, first episode, you know our you know feelings feel on mm-hmm. um, So, but kind of talk about <clears throat> music and if it's the avenue you always wanted to go or growing up, if you thought that you would do something different. Yeah. Um, so I was fortunate that growing up, I I went to a really large church with my family, mm-hmm. and um, as young as middle school. Like, I started taking percussion lessons and stuff in, like, fourth grade or whatever, and I played at school, but, you know, that's And when you say percussion lessons, what were you, what instruments were you playing? Uh, You know, a lot of, like, rudimental snare drum stuff, some mallets, like, bells and vibes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Killing the marimba. marimba. (laughs) Side note, we saw for King and Country. Oh, yeah, yeah, at the fair. Right? You were saying something about lots of wireless stuff. Oh, my. Every Dude. instrument on stage was wireless. Aug- like That's they have all this auxiliary stuff, and they move it around. It, it was nuts. I w- but what I wanted to say <laughs> oh. <laughs> before I was really interrupted was they had a marimba. They did for they one were- song. They bring a marimba. Well, I, I guess they could rent it, but they, they yeah. might bring it a marimba on tour for Dang. one song. <laughs> and they use like big bass drums too a lot. Yeah, too, they have they? one like humongous concert bass drum. Yeah. And, like, a, smaller one but gotcha yeah um yeah, so 
Sorry. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> Tangent. Side note on the wireless thing, though. I uh, was friends with a guy who, I guess, back in the day worked with Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was either Garth Brooks or Vince Gill. I don't remember. Either way, this is one of those guys, but this is also common, is when he was performing, he would have six wireless packs on him at a time. What? For vocals? It was a vocal oh. mic, like a Bieber style, you know, mic. Mm-hmm. A backup for that, his wireless guitar, backup, and then his ears, wow. backup. Just in case. Yep. <laughs> I was like, can you imagine like doing all these things that it's like you heavy. watch performers like, doing with? Yeah, like that on your belt. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I hate to be the guy that's in charge of batteries for that. Dude, I knew. <laughs> like, it. I'd be yeah, so stressed one out. Pack and you'd be like, well, what's crazy is on <laughs> so those well. big tours like that, you literally have. We'll probably have a guy who's like main job right battery guy yeah Yeah. (laughs) i I knew i knew a guy that was a rf tech so Mm. all he would do with radio frequency so all he would do when he got to a venue he would like scan the area like because like when you have big shows like that like Mm -hmm. big pop stars or whatever and then like once that room's filled with twenty thousand people on their cell phones Mm. that's a whole issue you know what i mean and you're in these arenas yeah it's a lot of math and a lot of yeah, it's a lot of smart people stuff. Yeah. But that that to me speaks to like having to wear many hats if you want to make a career. Yeah. Because I guarantee that guy didn't say, "I want to grow up and be a radio frequency technician on someone's tour." Oh, you know what I mean? What's crazy is if I'm remembering right, I haven't worked with this guy since like high school. But if I remember right, he got his start with that production company as a carpenter. Huh. building like Set the design. cases road oh, cases okay. yeah it was a right. big production company so yeah hmm. yeah i was like damn hmm. that's crazy yeah. so anyway so where you was played I? percussion at church <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and we're back um yeah did did the percussion stuff but in middle school you could audition to be in like the worship band in my church Mm -hmm. so like every week for middle school youth group stuff you know we'd play Mm -hmm. in front of our peers or whatnot so i did that for a few years and then when i got to high school uh it was crazy because it was pretty big so there was like four or five drummers that were older than me and like way better than me so I actually got cut from like my high school youth group band. Oh no. And but what was really cool is that was when I started doing sound. Oh, so man. I ended up Oh, that goes back. Yeah, and you know, when you fast forward to my senior year, it was like I had been so ingrained in that like community and group that like I was Sometimes I was like a head of production, so I'd be like mm-hmm. mixing, I would be in charge of programming the lights and wow. like all this stuff. Yeah. Or I'd, you know, I'd be playing drums or I'd be playing guitar or like yeah. everything but singing. Screw that. But <laughs> um but yeah, so I, you know, just through that community, I got to see like this stuff, this stuff that I'd been reading on sheet music and practicing and gouging my eyes out. Right. Yeah. I got to see like an actual cool production right, to see it in practice yeah. yeah and see like fans i mean yeah. not fans it's youth group but like well yeah <laughs> yeah you know see what i mean result of, yeah yeah. Yeah. Impressed. yeah something i feel like you never get in like education of like music and stuff like you're, you're learning scales mm-hmm. and all this like reading and stuff but you never learn how to put it into practice right like when you 
graduate from whatever and just unless you're like the life skills to but yeah yeah, unless you're lucky enough to be in a band in high school which i was not fortunate enough to do in a band in high school and also live in like california yeah yeah somewhere that talent agents are everywhere yeah yeah or like or you just have a great community surrounding you. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like finding a perfect storm of like high schoolers that are smart enough to be able to play together mm-hmm. and also like driven enough to actually give it a shot. Right. right. That's where yeah. Good yeah, luck. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't discredit the experience that I had growing up by any means. Yeah, because you played in high school a ton. Yeah, well I mean I was a drummer for since like age five my parents like you know they harbored that they let me like practice and learn and paid for lessons and all that stuff that's great and then eventually it was i I don't i don't really know how it went down but dad met somebody like someone his age who had a kid who was playing bass and like let's make a band so i I, before i knew it i was in a cover band with my dad another dad dude and his kid you know (laughs) i love it i love it like from then it was like they were our motivators. Like they knew we were talented and they wanted us to keep doing it. But yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I never did any of the booking or any of that. Like you just showed up stuff. and played the song. Yeah. And then like yeah. kind of it, it fizzled out for sure. Like once, once we were like, Hey, we're ready to not be in a band with our dads. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like the high school band, like it, it went on for a while, but it just fizzled out really quickly. Yeah. Want to become more independent. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't know what the point or whatever, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> did you know that you always wanted to do music, like ever since doing like sound and stuff? Like what made you find and apply to go to music business camp? Because that's where we met. Ooh, that was interesting. So there was, you know, I talked about the church. There was a couple of key people um, there at the church. Mm-hmm. One was a much older uh, worship pastor by the name of Tampa. She was a badass like in her heyday she sang with grand funk railroad mm. um the bgs i think mm-hmm. wow supposedly she this even was a worship pastor supposedly nice. she even sang on uh michael jackson's bad album that's super like cool. she had credits <laughs> yeah. yeah and so getting to play with her a bunch was like so good for me as, as far as shaping my career because right. like you know, just in conversations with her, like I realized, it, the the she was the first person that told me to make it in the music business. All you got to do is be a good hang. Like yeah. that was the first time I heard that. Yeah. And that for is... those of us that have been through the curriculum and have been been there, done that, we all know that that is very true. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, that is the best advice you could get. <coughs> oh that my god. Sh- yeah. It's not yeah. what you know; yeah. it's who you know. Yeah, and oh, who knows you? Yeah. yeah, who knows you? That applies to uh, like just everything. Yeah, life. Just yeah. So don't many be a dick. Beyond music, yeah, it's that it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy, but yeah. So there's her. Um, that was kind of a sidebar. And then there's a guy uh, by the name Garrett Janos, and he was a drummer. He was, uh, he was like he would like we would not have been in high school at the same time. So he was like what, five years older than me, mm-hmm. something like that. But I had watched him play a bunch. And this dude was a, fin- like, to date, one of the best drummers I've ever heard. And so he was obviously a big influence. Like, a lot of my current drumming style, mm-hmm. I ripped off of him straight sure, up. Sure. Like, yeah, right. he was one of those people. 
he went to AU for like uh, okay. a couple okay. semesters. There's another guy named Alex Earnhardt who is a uh, live sound guy. Studious, he's an audio engineer. Mm-hmm. And he's mad talented, a great friend. Mm-hmm. He also went to AU for like a couple semesters. <laughs> So seems to be the common so theme that here, yeah couple so, semesters which hilariously enough that was enough to put AU on the map for me sure yeah so I went and checked it out and met Becky Chapel <clears throat> shout out yeah that's very interesting though because I yeah. wanted to do sound engineering and that's why I went to music business too yeah and I remember I spent most of my time uh, for people who don't know Anderson University is not the South Carolina one it's the one in Indiana and Anderson. <laughs> Middle of nowhere. Middle of uh-huh. nowhere, um, where nothing's going on. But basically, they have this one-week camp where you're able to play instruments, go in the recording studio, um, just get to know the music business for a week, which, I mean, it's a great camp, and I think I'd recommend it to some people. <laughs> yeah. Especially sure. younger people that are, like, interested, but they don't know if they want to do. I think uh, the music business camp has a good, like, overall, um, like, I think our year was the best. Like we had the oh, greatest camp so counselors, good. and <laughs> basically that's all I wanted to say. To that. The we'll camp is really awesome. Yeah, like for sure. And then you it, get into the school. Yeah, it's just that's, yeah. The biggest mistake yeah. of the camp is that they convince you that if you get a bachelor's degree in music from Anderson University, you're going to have a career in the music business. Right. That's what they sell you. So yeah. you knew though that you always <laughs> wanted to do music. Is that correct? It. it I good do extension. remember. Like sophomore, junior year of high school, when you know you're actually supposed to like figure that shit out. I I was like, I I kind of realized like through those people I'd mentioned mm-hmm. that mu- music as a career is a thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then it's once not just church, it's yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. So once that was in my head, I like thought about other options. Like I was pretty good at statistics in high school. So, but I mean, come on. That's just boring. Yeah, there, there's really no other option. There's, yeah, there's, there's definitely a large amount of risk associated with like trying to take the path that we're taking. Oh yeah. But damn, it's so much more fulfilling. Oh than yeah. Than just like if imagine if you went to school for accounting or something. Oh like, my bank account would look great. Sure. <laughs> but, Personal finance. Yeah. You mm. might just be going to work every day, like hating your job. All you know. Yeah. Yeah, unless you did finance for bands and kind of merged it well, together, but yeah. Yeah. that's hard to get into. That is. But, so we like to talk a lot about social media, yeah. and especially Instagram and YouTube and kind of how that impacts our life personally. And so I'd really like to know how mm. that impacts you and if you find inspiration from Instagram and how it motivates you both like in your drumming and Ooh. both in your personal life. Oh, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> I'm going to pull up my Instagram as I'm talking. (laughs) For Um, me, I find especially in technology, I found this little niche community of people from anywhere, like San Francisco, New York, people who work for big companies like Spotify, Mm. that I found friendship in just based on me being a software engineer and them being a software engineer. So it's really interesting to find motivation through them because if I ever need anything, I knew that there's like this huge community around just other engineers where sometimes I've talked with Ryan and it's kind of saturated like in the drum market. Um, mm. So it's in- mm. interesting to see like the differentiation. <laughs> Is that a word? Yeah. No, yeah, you could. You could. <laughs> yeah. Between no, yeah. that's interesting. I am not great at social media. 
Like me you neither. and Ryan the same. The last post <laughs> I had on Is it Instagram. Just a drummer thing? I don't know. I don't know. Are we lazy? The, the last post I had on Instagram over a month mm. and a half ago. Over a Wait, month. You tell me yours and I'll tell you mine. Oh, I just posted yesterday. yesterday. Never mind. Yeah. But before that before one. Man. Okay. Well, well Normally I'm on like once a month to five times a month track. So you don't really find value out of Instagram. Or do you find I'm do you bad like consuming? I consume. So mm-hmm. But you don't give. I'm don't give I'm value. a selfish individual. What can <laughs> I say? Uh no, I honestly if like if I could change any characteristic about my personality, it would be being better at that type of stuff. Yeah. I wish I was better at it. I'm also bad at texting people. It's a process. <laughs> um, but as far as consuming, mm-hmm. it's like Instagram is is the only thing. Because uh, like if you follow bands, they're mm-hmm. posting dope studio stuff they're dope mm-hmm. posting play-alongs like that de- like tutorials even they're yeah. posting tour dates they're posting gear stuff right, right. you know and that's just by following the bands once you right. get in the nitty-gritty you start following producers or studios or agents you see so many yeah. behind the scenes like i follow jake chams i think that's the last name he's the photographer for panic at the disco right now sure and he posts a lot of like behind the scenes or like a photographer yeah. that I found in she lives in the PNW and she does a lot of music photography. So she'll do like Halsey and stuff like that. And it's just like those random people that you would never really associate with like these huge rock stars. Like you're seeing yeah. like all the behind the scenes. Yeah. I was going to mention like Instagram stories. Like if you follow a band, it, uh, it opens up this opportunity to kind of like peek behind the curtain, you know, yeah. like they can curate posts like that, you know, the band, looking good or doing this cool thing but then i feel like stories are this stories opportunity are so yeah i find a lot of like live kind of stuff like here we are backstage you know about you know warming like up for the show the Hunna, yeah the Hunna is a uk band yeah, and yeah they'll do a lot of like someone like on their team will do like a live stream through instagram but it's like their show mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's always cool yeah i really think i don't i don't remember like exact statistics but i was listening to like an npr thing and they were saying like Twitter is on the low. Snapchat is like on the brink of extinction, essentially. But Instagram is like the only social media platform that is like remained steady or continuing to grow. Some by Facebook too. So yeah, but, you know, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so I don't know. I it's also Instagram's like, like I, you know, me on this date in 2018. Like, I don't know how I would find out about bands going on tour or, like, that's where I consume Yeah, Right, it's not like we're subscribing everything. to bands. Bands in town? Yeah, bands in right. town. I, yeah. I remember when that was a thing. <laughs> but um, YouTube is where I get a lot of inspiration, though. Yeah. Okay. There's a handful of accounts that I have found recently. But Is that just drumming or is it also, like other topics it's everything everything creative yeah Yeah. some of the ones that have like been really sparking my interest is one called polyphonic Uh, they basically put out like mini music documentaries so like oh what was the one i recently watched oh it was uh how leonard cohen writes a song and it was like a 10 15 minute like deep dive into some of his songs some of the lyrics and how he like uses religion like dude it was so cool hmm. it was super shout cool. out to archie barking at the door 
What up? <laughs> um, they had another one about how Rush r- l- writes lyrics, hmm. which was crazy interesting. That's not something I would ever think that I would want to listen to. It reminds me of like dice, like dissect. Is that their yeah. music yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. That you were, uh, or is that? That's uh, dissect's a podcast. Yeah, I know. Is that the music yeah. podcast? Yeah, where they go through that. Like so reminds me good. of that kind of. Yeah, it's basically like that, except a small niche where yeah. not a lot of people are doing because there's a, there's a few other accounts like this one. Uh, Volksgeist has some good ones. There's another one, but yeah, oh man, that stuff's so great too because it's short, mm-hmm. and then like 10, 15 minutes after digestible. that, you're like, "What am I doing with my life? Yeah. Why am I not <laughs> like this person?" It's so, inspirational, yeah, yeah, for sure. The, for you, Ryan, they have one called Polyphonic makes one or has one out that's called "What Makes John Bonham Such a Good Drummer." Oh, yeah. Mm. You gotta check that one out. I need to check that one out. I need to just I need to play more. I play Dude. see I played a gig. When was that? It was like August fourth. So it was like two weeks ago. No, it was last weekend, I thought. No, no, no. Well whatever. It was a little right. while. I don't know. But yeah. you know, I had to pack up my drums, go play this gig, and I just now set my drums back up today because I didn't want the area to look like a disgusting mess when we had a guest <laughs> over. <laughs> AKA I haven't played or touched them since the gig. <laughs> it's Dude, just like, ugh. I had I had a rehearsal last week on Wednesday. Put them in my car after the rehearsal. Right. And they have stayed there yeah. until today's <laughs> rehearsal where they will stay right. until the next gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not great. Struggle. Practi- yeah. Practicing your craft is well, you guys have to pick such a big instrument. Like, well, this past <laughs> yes. week, dude, I got the I got the drum pad back out this mm. past week, working on my rudiments. Yeah, That's I did that thing. for. Yeah. I uh, I kept that up for a solid what month. What is it? The. Uh, I was trying to teach myself traditional grip, periwinkle. which I'd never done before. Was it? Did- <laughs> periwinkle. <laughs> what did you say? Periwinkle. Double periwinkle. Oh man, <laughs> that's got to be a thing. We got to make that a thing. It could be hashtag. We'll we'll link it. We'll make it a thing. Do it. You guys think we should <laughs> let us know? <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Um. All right. Well, let's uh talk about your company. Yeah. We spoke about oh, it a little yeah. bit before we started recording. So that's interesting. Um. So introduce it. Um. And what you originally started it as, and then kind of let the audience or whoever's listening yeah. know where it's heading. So, like two years ago, I was in college. I had one semester left, and I didn't want to get a job. So I was <laughs> like, I'm going to try freelance. And so I started a company, <coughs> I guess, called Valley Drive. Well, you you actually like applied for like an LLC and all that stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, yeah. it's legit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I love more beer. This is good, too. I'm really I liking did. this I one. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so the the premise was at the time, ah, oh man, it's changed so much. It was kind of just like an entity to put everything I'm people doing. People can check, like, write you checks to that company now. Yeah, and also it kind of was like, because I do so many different things, um, it, I wanted, like, one name to represent everything. So, like, if I produced a record, Valley Drive. If I was doing live production for such and such event, Valley Drive. If I was at the uh, – currently, I'm – this has changed a bunch, too, but I'm also a co-founder, um, and I do all the production for a podcast, actually. 
and that that has been a long process. We are in we're backlogging episodes now, so we haven't released yet. I'll get to that later, maybe. <laughs> um, so, but at the time, I was not as deep into that as I am now. So that was just a client. So it was like podcast right, production. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's yeah, so many right. things that I envisioned underneath this Valley Drive arc. Um, and then I had my last semester of school and then I had to make money. So, <laughs> uh, it, it has sat, it has laid dormant for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forwarding to now, uh, I don't think it's dead though. So what is coming up with it is, um, in the process over the past couple of years when I've not been active as Valley Drive or even really active that much in music at all, I've been doing a lot of live sound, which is not very creative. You know, it's just, mm. you show up, you make the band sound good, right, you right, go home. Right. It's a gig. Yeah, it's a gig. So I wanted, like two years ago... I started wanting to like have more of a creative outlet. So I started writing my own music and I can't sing for crap. So I made a bunch of, uh, instrumental songs. Um, kind of like, kind of like explosions in the sky. Mm-hmm. Like this will destroy you. Tycho, okay. but also okay. like I love Hans Zimmer. So like, it's, okay, yeah, yeah. it's a whole, it's a thing. Hmm. And that, that will be coming out. So are you going I don't to keep know when. the okay. same And Instagram? that'll be, I think so. I Obviously. think there's, okay. yeah. yeah I, I just want to say, I think it's, for someone like coming, or I mean, you weren't even out of college when this came about, right? No, I still had a semester left. That is, that is some tremendous, like, forethought to me, sure. to me, like, to think that far ahead. Like, I think it's brilliant to have this one singular, you know, entity that is you, because like we said, you have to wear many hats yeah. in this industry. You know, well, it's setting yourself up for success. I, I really think so. Well, good. I appreciate yeah. that. It it kind of came, it kind of like that idea was kind of like a hitting me in the head, like moment. Like mm-hmm. I can't remember specifically, but you know, towards the end of my college career, I was trying to make as many moves as possible to set myself up to be able to do freelance work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it started getting to a point where I'd like meet someone on a live gig and then like a couple weeks later or something I'd be playing and that same person would see me playing and they're like, mm. oh, but you also do live sound. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, but I also produce. Too. So like yeah. it got kind of weird. So I was like, you know, screw it. If I can take myself out of the limelight even yeah. and just be yeah. like this Thing does like it. Yeah. yeah. So did you ever get business cards made? Yeah, like I, d- I did the whole yeah. nine. It was just <laughs> time, man. Mm-hmm. There's not enough time in the day. Yeah. yeah but so I mean, it's not gonna go away. You know, it's. Yeah. Might yeah. even you have. have well, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, might have, I might have business cards on me. Feel free it's to leave some. Like back corner yeah. of your wallet. Yeah. They were dope too. It's like my hands on a mixing console. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got a tattoo, right? That was like oh, a logo yeah. that you made, and then yeah, that was. That was just kind of like an on the whim type <laughs> of thing. Like I, I was. It's permanent Where'd though. It's on your body. Oh, I'm not even gonna <laughs> shout them out. They didn't do. They didn't do a bad job. It was now pretty simple. Now you're wearing simple. your body. Oh, on my arm. <laughs> oh, okay. On my forearm. <laughs> Jeez. I was about to say. <laughs> <coughs> that bad? You don't want to say? <laughs> well, I all right. So I was like developing, like making the website and doing, making the social media, and all this stuff. And I was like, I want a logo too, because I got tired of saying Valley Drive over and over again. Mm-hmm. I just wanted like. Right. Yeah. And then 
also at the same time i'd been wearing a tattoo and had the tattoo design like a couple months before uh, and then i was just like you know what i'm gonna make that design the logo yeah. and then i'm also just Makes gonna sense. go get this tattoo as a way of basically being like symbolizing yeah, yeah. like yeah. don't f this up like you <laughs> are yeah. this is like this is real yeah you look down, yeah, yeah literally and you know fast forward two years every time i look down it's like oh <laughs> I need to go back to work or go back to doing this, but right, yeah. Right. Anyway, uh. so that's a very long-winded answer to your <laughs> question. No, it's great. <laughs> kind of leads into like just talking about freelancing a little and kind of highlight on like the work you do with the wildlife and because yeah. um, there's a lot of people. Well, mostly everyone that listens to the podcast right now lives in Indianapolis, so yeah. mostly everyone lo- like knows the wildlife. But talk about that and like how did you get the gig and. I guess I'll ask you the question after. But yeah, we'll start there. That, yeah. Uh, so Wildlife is a pop band that I do the live sound for, uh, kind of production manage uh, and mix them live. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't do anything in the studio with them or I just do the live stuff. But it was interesting because that band, so their guitarists, Jason and I, were in a different band together for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drummer Jeff and I were roommates in college. Yeah, mm-hmm. me and Jansen, the front man, even lived together for a minute. So, like, just some of my best. Me and Jack lived together for like three years. Right. So, uh, just really, just like my best friends, some of them, and and two of them all were at of music them, really. business camp. So yeah, yeah. just yeah. I want to I want to interject. And real Jeff quick. was later too. He was there yeah. the next year. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I want to interject real quick. This is a perfect example of like. Who you know. Who you, yeah, the cliche, yeah. it's who you know. Like, yeah. these are just previous roommates, ex-bandmates. Oh, yeah. Who, this group of people happened to make a band and, and knew you from all this ex-stuff, and hey, you want to do this thing for us? Yeah, band, and, it, and it's gig. crazy, too, because, like, even, like, as of recently, they have added uh, Carson, who is Jansen's yeah. little brother. Yeah. This dude just graduated high school, and he's, like, one of the best producers I've ever heard. They have a yeah, record yeah. coming out this fall that's a couple of the songs he wrote. Yeah, oh, wow. Like, he's mad talented. So, like, yeah, you just meet people along the way. But it was mm-hmm. cool because of my already previous connections with them. The first wildlife show ever, mm-hmm. you know, Jansen had done some solo stuff. But, like, the first, like, wildlife show, release, yeah. I did sound for. Yeah. And, nice. you know, fast forward to this summer where we were opening for Halsey. Yeah. And I got yeah. to do sound for that. So, that's been a wild ride. Yeah. And it's definitely been rocky at times, but yeah, when I mean, you're that close with people, that's just how yeah. it is. But yeah, that's super cool, for sure. Yeah, yeah. shout out to those guys. Yeah, which we will link them down below in the show notes. My but <laughs> So what kind of advice would you give to people who may not have, like, friends in bands and may not have met people at college, say they're, like, just graduating high school, they want to do sound or whatever? Yeah. Um, or even just, like, playing in a band. Like, what would you give – like, what advice would you give, like, to how they – those connections uh it's two things one be confident and bold like you know when even if you don't have friends in that world like you can find it's it's 2018 you know when shows are going to be going on right find the find find out who your local heavy hitters are because everyone knows who they are if you want to if you live in st louis missouri couple google searches later you can find who the best local bands are in Mm -hmm. that town find out when they're playing go introduce yourself 
be bold, whatever. But the second thing is also almost more important. This was something I kind of fell into. I don't know if anyone ever told me this. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Because that is to me has been the most important thing. Because just because you're driven, confident, whatever, you go introduce yourself to someone, they may have just played a crappy show and be pissed mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden this punk kid's talking to him. Read the room. Just like, don't be a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also in your confidence, know where you lack. And I think that's part of self-awareness too. So like if you're a guitarist and you can just sweep and shred or whatever, and you get a gig playing with a cover band or whatever where you're doing 12-bar blues the whole time. Mm-hmm. Don't shred. Don't <laughs> do sweeps. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just being self-aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Being the right person for the right job. Yeah, I agree. I guess, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I remember growing up, and I grew up in Crown Point, <coughs> Indiana. Shout out to the good old <laughs> CP. But I remember just getting really involved in like the local hardcore bands like oh that's such a great way to and that's meet how i found too. like my one yeah. of my favorite bands is huntress yeah and i was in the van with this other band that was just a local band it was like to us two girls it was like two girls and then like all the guys in the band or whatever and we went with them to the show where i heard huntress live for the first time and i was like you know it's so great to see a band live and then be like, who are they? And then, like, you fall in love. And then, yeah. you know, like, five years later, you see where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I'm from Ohio. I saw 21 Pilots when they – before they were signed. Yeah. There was, like, 300 people at that show. Which is crazy. Yeah. All right. Jared's bonkers. a hipster. He knew 21 <laughs> Pilots before they were cool. Yeah. Get on my level. Whatever. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> but it's also just about, like, But even then, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. there's a reason they're as big as they are. Right. right. It's about just being involved, I think, in the right, like, community. And I, we talk about this a lot, like, about to, like, surround yourself with people who constantly motivate you. Yeah. And it's hard, like, even living in, like, Indianapolis in the city to surround yourself with people who are, like, hustling. Like, yeah. there's not many people here, especially, like, in our friend group that, like, constantly hustle and, like, make yeah. moves. They're just, like, settled on what they're doing. Like, they're very content. And maybe they don't want a creative lifestyle or they don't want... It, it's I think really it's hard. Or they just don't... I don't know. It's the Midwestern mentality. mentality. Yeah. 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 It, it's interesting because yeah. I think, honestly, a lot of that also comes back to self-awareness. Hmm. Just be like, see... Like, the biggest thing for me that I started doing towards the end of high school even was like figure out who in my career I wanted to be like mm-hmm. and then just like take in as much information as possible. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But then the next step is looking inward and seeing what doesn't line up right. or what's like, different. How do you get there? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people who, you know, are this very whatever content lifestyle, which is like fine. If you're content, then screw it. You're yeah. content. Sure. Yeah. But – it's like, you know, all these, it, what bugs me is the people that, which I've been guilty of this, so, you know, whatever. The people that, like, scroll through and watch all their influencers and get super motivated and then just sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. 
it's like you gotta guilty. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's like insane. Yeah. It's bad, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. when you like get hooked on a show or something. Oh, I just yeah. re- I just rewatched Breaking Bad, and every time I was watching, like every episode was like, I should be doing something else right now. <laughs> but like, but damn, but like you also so can't good. miss a scene. Like you gotta be invested in that. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just it's hard too because it's not even just like being motivated to do something <clears throat> creative because not everyone wants to be in this creative industry whether it's like music or podcasts or like video content or whatever because not everyone is the next like new york or like new york star Mm. youtuber in california but i think it's also about like just being motivated to do more like not going home after work and just sitting around and doing like jack shit like actually like being involved in the community and like just getting out to know your peers like Mm -hmm. that's why i've been trying to volunteer more or start more groups or go to meetups to not like just be myself but to also like like be by myself but also like help change the community because that's how we're going to change america yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) horny for congress 2020 everyone (laughs) (laughs) got my vote and uh on on like a more Uh, personal level too like i've seen we're still very early in the stages of, of like what we're doing with this podcast and stuff, but I've seen just like putting ourselves out there and like setting goals to do this creative thing is causing me to kind of in retrospect, go back and think about my personal daily routines and just, it's just a very healthy way to just sort of seg- uh, schedule your life. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. So I let's mean, talk about your podcast. Oh shoot. Because you're not actually the one talking on it, nope. but you're doing the audio and stuff. Yeah, right. I do. I mean, I have a mic, so I you could talk. I interject. Okay. You could say like. So I was thinking about this because like hey. I listen. <laughs> there's some podcasts where it's like, "Hey, it's me and this guy, and then our producer over there." Yeah, doesn't so that's, have a mic, but they're there. You know? Yeah, so I'm kind of like <coughs> like I got a mic, and it's kind of like, oh, this is actually this, we were talking about this beforehand. Okay. So with my music and with my music background. The podcasting thing was a whole new world to me because mm. mm-hmm. if I had any free time, I wasn't listening to podcasts. Yeah, I was yeah, listening yeah. to music. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of years ago, a friend, uh, Graham, pitched me this idea um, for a podcast called Turn, T-E-R-N. Uh, and the whole premise of the podcast is about travel. So there's also there will also be a video aspect of it as well. But basically, we travel to different cities and interview people that are making it happen in those cities. Um, So we're in the process of backlogging right now. Um, How many episodes do you think you have? Recorded, we have one, two, three, eight. Damn. Yeah. Recorded, but not edited? Half of them are, or three or four of them are edited. Okay. we're it's definitely it's like a combination between like like your guys' style where it's kind of the intro and then you go yeah Yeah. there's a little bit more production involved a little bit like semi-elaborate intro and then like first segment of interview and then like uh a recurring segment with some background music and Mm -hmm. second half and then like another segment with background music at like okay. um which that has been fun because i also wrote and recorded all the ah, original okay. music for okay. it which has been really really so fun. it's random like side tangent but yeah, like yeah, yeah. for 
maybe for someone who might be interested in doing their own podcast, like yeah. this is something that Courtney and I just like jumped into. Like basically, the only thing we knew about podcasts was listening to other podcasts. Mm-hmm. But hey, I did one episode like two years <laughs> ago. <laughs> you did. Yeah. With, with the I same name that we're using name. now, which was nice because you and already I had, had Joshua media. Powell as my intro song. Yeah. But uh, nice. which <laughs> song? like which song? Just some don't like remember. basic cool. like <laughs> like do's and don'ts for like starting a podcast. So, like you said, you you wrote and recorded the music that you put into mm-hmm. the podcast. Obviously, not everyone's going to be able to do that, right? But for uh, Which like, there are a lot of websites. Yes, YouTube. Yes. YouTube has, YouTube has, has yes, entire catalog. Which is where we found our intro music. Is it? I was going to yeah. ask. Yeah. I thought maybe you wrote and recorded. No, it. I wanted to, but. You know, See, time. we found a lot. Yeah. There is um, Epidemic, which is a website, okay. Epidemic.com, and they actually have a um, subscription for YouTubers where gotcha. like, you pay however much a month, like 10, 15 bucks or whatever, and then you get songs, like unlimited songs and what are the other things called? Sound effects yeah. that um, yeah. that you can use in your videos for unlimited subscribers. Foley sounds. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to pay for like... $99 a song or something right, stupid. Right, right, yeah. uh, th- uh, We looked into, it might have been Epidemic or a similar website for mm-hmm. YouTube stuff as well. But the like the recurring segment ep- songs and the intro and outro is the same every episode. Mm-hmm. So we kind of wanted something that we okay. owned and sure, yeah. didn't oh, yeah. have to worry you don't have anything to, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it was actually really kind of cool. I'm... We're like I said, we have not released any episodes yet. We're mm. still in the backlogging because with the travel aspect of it, that yeah. makes that very difficult. Yeah. So so far we have recorded Fort Wayne, Indianapolis, Chicago, Detroit. So some Midwest stuff. We're mm. gonna get a few more Midwest cities, and then we had a trip out west, and we got San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, and Santa Cruz. Mm. And That's then, badass. so that'll be season two, probably. Mm-hmm. We'll have like a Midwest season and then like a sure. California season. Sure. So like LA okay. and San, or San Diego, whatever. Yeah. Figuring it out. We're making it up as we go along. <laughs> but it, it's cool because he actually, Graham, you know, the real founder, like it was his idea. He uh, got his start at NPR. He actually, he attended Anderson University as well. Uh <laughs> <clears throat> for a little bit, and then he dropped out to work at NPR. Which oh, was, did he really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. So that's kind of where, yeah, <laughs> he's not there anymore. But that was kind of where this idea came to fruition, where I was brought on board. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to now, he's not there anymore. We're doing this more independent, and it's a lot more moving well, parts. Well, I think that podcasts are like the next thing. Like podcasts oh, have yeah. already been like. <clears throat> pretty relevant like i've been listening to podcasts probably since like 2016 maybe like early 2016 oh, when min- well just minimalist that's a lot of sure, yeah, yeah. but as of like recently like i've been listening to a lot of other podcasts mm-hmm. like casey neistat and candace pool have their couples therapy yeah, I like that one. even though they missed a week and i was like real <laughs> devastated i've been waiting Throwing shade <laughs> well it gets so hard when we, like, you we also missed we a week miss a week <laughs> but when you listen to a podcast week after week, like consistency <coughs> matters because all your listeners, luckily we only have like seven, but all your listeners, if it's thousands, like they want to listen to another episode. Thank you to those seven. Thank you so much <laughs> listen. And then like I've been listening to Sarah Dietschy and mm-hmm. the thing that I found with podcasts especially, like not to go on like a little side track, but um, 
I have now started to listen to any episode, like even if the title may not interest me, because I listened to Sarah Dietschy's latest episode, which would probably interest both of you, and it was with um, who, with Brian, who is the CEO of um, Wampler Pedals. Oh. And so I was listening, There's and I was like, yeah. you know, I'm not a guitar player, but I really like the Q&A conversational style of podcast. Sure. And, like, all of a sudden he was like, oh, yeah, like, my closest store is in Greenwood, Indiana. And I was like, what? Like, Greenwood, Indiana? Mind you guys, we live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and they're yeah. from Martinsville. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, c- okay, I reached yeah, I out. about that. So because of that podcast, I reached out. I sent him a message on LinkedIn, and now we're connected. Course. And so they're a like, huge company. They are yeah, huge. They're like one they, of the biggest players. John yeah. Mayer has some of their pedals and yeah. like country artists. That I don't listen to country, so sure. whatever. But I'm like, this <laughs> podcast are helping bring different, like they're helping bridge multiple industries together, whether it's YouTube with music, with education. And it's just like, it's I crazy. think it's really interesting because like podcasts, as far as like where the future is, I lump I will lump them in with both music and video content. Like mm-hmm. the way the internet, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, or and, you know, pick your poison. Everything is so easy to upload, and everything oh, is yeah. accessible. <clears throat> There's just so much content. Mm-hmm. So what's going to be interesting is to see five, ten years from now, because like. You know, you hear the term SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> SoundCloud. Uh, yeah. So I'm not a fan Still of a most Still of thing. that world, yeah. like the SoundCloud rapper world. But Post Malone came out of that. Mm. Did po- he really? I didn't know. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, dude, he's here to stay. Like, right. That dude's, right. he's right. killing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what's going to happen is really, like, the few are going to stick out like him. But, you know, I can't even think of, like, another SoundCloud rapper. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. the good ones will stick out and stay. Yeah. And then a lot of this other content will, whether well, it'll go away or not, I don't know. Right. But And that's why people are evolving to, like, their own, like, websites and trying to take their content off of, especially, like, YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Because they don't want. And Patreon, too. I that's love changing Patreon, the game. which. We're waiting to do a Patreon until we get more listeners. But yeah. it's just yeah. like those opportunities for <coughs> creators to have people not just go to one place to find their content like YouTube where like YouTube owns everything. Yeah. A way for them to visit like their website first to see like blog posts, recent videos, their merchandise, their podcasts. Like I feel like a lot of creators are now trying to get into multiple little avenues, which is very interesting. It all it's always very interesting to me to see how a creator does cross platform hmm. like yeah, the yeah. biggest singer in the world may not like Selena Gomez is the most followed person on Instagram like by yeah. far I do follow Selena Gomez <laughs> I started following her simply because I found out she was the most followed person on Instagram <laughs> I was like yo that's kind of crazy right follow. but like <laughs> that's the thing a lot of those like I don't want to call them influencers because they're like not, but a lot, yeah. a lot of top people. Like I also follow like Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Ooh. Tisdale from like high school musical days yeah. because their Instagrams are just like very genuine and you sure. almost feel like you're a part of like their little community because yeah. they post more than just like headshots on the red carpet. Yeah. But it like when you have like content creators 
branching out off platforms like Casey Neistat has done, or I'm or Superwoman. You know, Lily Singh. So Lily Singh is. is like a huge comedian on YouTube. Oh, she's okay. like not. I wouldn't say like a comedian, but she does like those kind of styles. Sure. But she's also been like wanting to get into acting more. So she has like yeah. multiple different like personalities that she like does on YouTube. But she's also been on like Jimmy Fallon and stuff like there that. There you go. So it's interesting to see the world. Like, or I'm a big fan of Philip DeFranco, who does mm. like a daily news thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love his. I watch his YouTube video like almost every day. But he also has a podcast now, which I've naturally not listen to but like <laughs> it's always interesting to see, see like how they do they're yeah. just trying to test out the waters because i think youtube is dying in a way because, unfortunately well it's not that it's dying it's just that it's more for like middle schoolers who just consume content and that's <coughs> what like a lot of them the talk Logan about Paulers. yeah so they just sit there they have a playlist they watch it for hours because that's how they consume content and yeah. i think a lot of youtubers are just not really finding themselves in that anymore. So they're trying to find different avenues where they can kind of create their own brand, create their own like money stream, I guess, sure. because YouTube monetization is not what it was like yeah. two sure. years ago. I feel like YouTube has been like kind of on an ebb and flow. Like it's, you, you mentioned like younger people being the ones who are watching, you know, using YouTube consistently. Like mm-hmm. if YouTube gets their shit together and can like, get a monetization plan together that like real big time creators want to go back on YouTube and do that, mm-hmm. then it'll be more of a like, yes, big it's time really market. hard. I think for platforms like YouTube that like, you don't have to pay to put your video on there. It's free. Mm-hmm. So it's more like just ad revenue that you're getting that they're yeah. like limiting. So unless they have some sort of like for every video you post, we only take 10% of your income and you get 90% or something like yeah. that. Like similar to how like when, musicians post music to Spotify like it's really shitty like they don't get a lot of money so it's like similar to just all avenues where just like when you post publicly like that like even though people like watch you and support you they're not making money Mm -hmm. and a lot of people think that youtubers make like all this money which they don't like they may have used to and that's why like Laura DIY is one of my faves and she was able to record like a $25,000 music video like two weeks ago Uh, but it's like they just have they have their own merch lines and I think there's just other avenues for mm-hmm. true. It makes me think of two things. One, speaking of like the Spotify streaming and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm low key a fan of it because I think it has killed the one hit wonder. Mm. Let me explain. Okay. If you were a band in the seventies and you are a one hit wonder five hundred miles. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Proclaimers, <laughs> here's the thing. The Proclaimers, they have a career because of that song. Yeah. Just it, that song. They just that song. They don't have any other ones, yeah. But if I put out a song tomorrow that gets 100 Julia million Michaels. plays on Spotify, but she backed it up. Right. She's not but a one-hit wonder. She did when she first released Issues. She only had that one song. Sure. But she backed it up. Which I don't know the how thing is, popular. If she never backed it up, if she dropped issues and then just That's put it. out yeah. crap music after that, mm-hmm. she's got to find a day job. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, she wouldn't have her. I think she like partnered with a DJ. Sure. Like and I'm but sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you have a song like issues, like you're going to have means to make it like I get that. But but it's not like you're Carly Rae Jemsen. Like, but you're you not going to in 40 <laughs> years. If she had if she had just crap music after that, forty years from now, I don't think she'd be 
touring and closing with issues every time like we see all these one-hit wonders from mm-hmm. 40 years ago doing. Right, right. You know what I mean? I worked a show, and not that they're a one-hit wonder by any means. I think they have a few more hits. But I worked a show for the Guess Who a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Weeks ago? American Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played that song, <laughs> I think it was last, right before the encore or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. It just, but it's that, that's their career. They can really do sh- that because they were able right. to have a couple hits. Right. And people like come to the show because of that song. Yeah. And sit through all this other stuff. But People get pissed if they don't hear that song. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah, it shows how music has evolved like yeah. a lot. Like, but I saw on the news how there was a bomb threat at, uh, what was it, Rascal Flats in Noblesville? Yeah. Yep. Noblesville, Indiana, when Rascal, oh. I think it was Rascal Flats. It and was, they were yeah. like, we didn't get to hear, like, Life is a Highway and, like, all of their hits, you know, and people were really mad, <laughs> even though there was Stop. a bomb threat. But it's bands like that where, like, the music generation, like, just everything in music has changed so much within the past, like, 10 yeah. years. But there's two last things I want to talk mm. about before we go into our closing segment because yeah. we are. We have crusted an hour. We have. Cr- <laughs> well, we had a lot of like. Uh, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, we have crusted an hour. That's great. That this will be our no, longest podcast. Feel free to edit this out, too. <laughs> if no, if I'm nice. rambling or something. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I really want to talk about advice for people wanting to be in the music industry. Like, let's just get back to that. Um, uh-huh. And do they need college? So really going to that route because I'm the type of person who is on their eighth year of college. I already have a full time (laughs) job in software engineering. Is it eight? I'm on my fall semester at Arizona State University online. That makes me want to throw up. Yes, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm actually thinking about getting my master's for one more year. But my sister just went back and got her master's, getting her master's. So like for me, I'm like I already have a full time job in software engineering. Why should I have to go back for a year for college or for people who Maybe in their freshman, sophomore year of college that, like, have a gig with whatever. Like, what do yeah. you think about the music industry and if they need college? Or is it really about just the connections and if you know, like, if you know what you're doing? Because ah, think about all the question. production companies yeah. and um, even, like, being, like, a merch manager or working at your local music venue. Like, you don't need a college degree for stuff like that. Here's what I think. First, for me personally, I uh, I kind of hesitate to say this, but if I could go back to being a high senior in high school, I don't know if I would go to college. Right, mm-hmm. right. That being said, I owe everything to going to Anderson University. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, that's where I met the wildlife. That's where I made all of these connections to be able to do what I'm doing. That's where I met Graham to do the podcast. So... I I would say no, it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. If you, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about being self-aware. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest issue I see from not going to college is what we started talking, started all this talking about was being a good hang. Right. Yeah. Because when you're 18 years old and not had to share a room with another yet. dude. Like, yeah. You've not had to live in a dorm. You've not had to, you've never been told no for a gig. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of life experiences that you'll miss out on Yeah, that I attribute a lot to. Um, is that universal? No. I mean, some people just get it and mm-hmm. they're 
yeah, they're it's cooking. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's so such a I don't weird know. Thing because I don't think I'd be where I like. I went to four different universities. Yeah. And I, I only went to. I Anderson. gave up trying to figure out where you're <laughs> <Yeah>. at school. <laughs> I went to Anderson for only like a year and a half, but yeah. like from there, I feel like I've met so many different people like through all my connections and all my like friends now like truly have really just originated from Anderson. Like I haven't made any friends at any of my online universities, obviously. Well, yeah. Um, but I feel like with Anderson or just college in general, I don't, I just think that people need to be aware of the money aspect. I think that yeah. the experience of college is important. So whether you move to an area where you're able to be around like like-minded people or somehow get involved within that community in college if you don't want to attend a university. Um, but definitely be aware of the money and impact it'll have on your life like after the fact. Yeah, because that's the other thing. If you're going to go into music, you're going to be broke. Mm-hmm. At least for a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, crap, there's something else I was going to say involving that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't regret. Like I said, if I could go back, I don't think I would go to to university like i wouldn't go to college mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean yeah, i like regret knowing what it. you know now so maybe like in like the i next don't generation, it, it does make me think like so when we went to college it was like it's definitely the right thing to do like what mm-hmm. you do oh it wasn't an option yeah, yeah, oh, yeah you yeah. go to college right yeah. but now that like i've watched my like my brother's two years younger than me and he hasn't gone to college he just wants to do like a union job sure so it's like watching the next generation of kids who may be graduating like they have all of these new resources like podcasts like this or YouTube oh gosh, where like yeah. people are yeah. able to say like you don't need college for the music industry, for the tech industry, for marketing. Like all of this is very self-taught. If anything, you can go to a boot camp like I did, pay $1,200 for 12 weeks and get a job afterwards. Dude, that's the thing too. Like I got my degree in music business. There's basically a music degree. At, during college, you know, thinking realistically, I was like, all right, I'm probably going to be a sound guy for a living. Hmm. I took all of the audio classes that AU had to offer by the end of my sophomore year. And you're like, all right, let's like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? But like that being said, yeah. other than like uh, Chad Evans taught some at AU, he is a Grammy award winning mix mm-hmm. engineer, learned a ton from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I learned 10 times as much on one freelance gig Oh, than yeah. I ever did in the classroom. Yeah. Right. So, like, if that's the route you want to go, like live production or pr- pr- really production of any kind, mm-hmm. just go do it. Yeah. Like, right. if you want to make beats, start making beats. Yeah. If you want to do live sound, find a place to do live sound. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to get good. Well, and also, I, to add to that, because we talked a lot about this yesterday at the summit I attended, is also just like finding that mentor, like the person, like whether it's a male or a female. Mentors. Like, yeah, like finding mm-hmm. that person, like if you're a senior in high school, like finding someone who's either in the industry or maybe is mixing at your local venue, like yeah. shadow them for free, like free work is the best work. Like Yeah, and you know, if they're not a dick, they'll tell you everything they know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would. Yeah. So to end this before we do our little fun new segment, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, what yeah. goals do you have for yourself? Like, I know that you possibly want to move to New York. Yeah. Um, so what goals have you set for yourself to kind of motivate yourself over the next less than a year, I guess now? But All right. Um, putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a weird limbo 
the past couple months because being a live sound guy, the summer is like bonkers. Right. Mm, yeah. Uh, but that being said, started to settle down, started to look towards the future. Um, that's right. I'm hopefully moving out of central Indiana um, at some point in the foreseeable future. So I'm going to try and set up some trips to different cities later this fall or winter to kind of, I'd like to be able to move someplace and jump right into a freelance world mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just getting a job because I don't like having jobs. Right. I like doing what I want to <laughs> do. What you, yep. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Other than, other than that, as far as, more realistic goals is actually keep editing some podcasts hopefully we'll have turn releasing episode one within the next couple months mm-hmm. okay. hopefully month we'll see right on right on. um i'm not committing to anything <laughs> and then uh also getting heard it here first folks <laughs> uh and then also getting some maybe some valley drive stuff going we'll see yeah, if yeah. not then you guys come tell me to quit being stupid, and <laughs> I'll get back on we'll it. We'll just keep replaying this segment where you uh, talk about what you want to do in the next like few months. I hate that. Uh, uh. That's too funny. All right. Well, do you think we should move into wrapping it up here? Yeah. So we are going to now move into our new closing segment where we are going to be calling it Flight of the Week. So just like how Flight of Beer contains many different kinds of beer. Uh-huh. We are going to be starting this new segment, so <laughs> I know I just said beer like twice. I've had two beers, three beers technically, and I apparently my n- I'm known by two beer Courtney. Two beer so. Courtney has had three beers, yeah. Two beer <laughs> yeah, this you is can dangerous. probably tell. So basically the point of this segment each week, and we're not going to do this full introduction each week because I think you guys understand enough, and I don't have to keep repeating my words. But basically it's going to be a roundtable style. We're going to go around and kind of say – what has added value to basically our lives within the last week or so, whether that be a new album we're listening to or a movie we saw or maybe just some article we saw on TV. So I do want to interject. It doesn't have to be something that was like, oh, this added value to my life. It could just be any random thing that impacted you. It could this be week. anything. If I bought a new pair of jeans, something you like, can't get over, yeah. like you heard this bit of news. Yeah, it's you like, get a flight I of beer. You don't necessarily yeah. like everyone. Yeah, it's it. Jer- he's on. He gets that it. That is true. He gets it. Just saying. So, <laughs> I'll go ahead. I'll kick this off. I'll mm-hmm. kick this off. So our first topic on our flight, um, movie pass, right? Ugh. Okay. So. If you don't know what MoviePass is, it is a subscription service that has been around for a good while, but recently, within the last year, lowered its cost. It was $50 a month, right? And it became $10 a month. And what you get for $10 a month... (coughs) What? What? (laughs) They are... I know, yes, but... Yeah, their stocks are like 26 cents or something. So, yeah, yeah. like, about a year ago, Courtney and I heard about this thing. It was like, MoviePass, $10 a month. Mm -hmm. You can see, you can go to any movie theater, or most movie theaters, and see up to one movie a day for $10 a month. Yeah, and it's like, you can't do a repeat, like, within a week or something Yeah, you couldn't see this. Yeah, yeah, there were some, like, weird stipulations, but it was like... This is amazing. Yeah, basically it was like great, like cheap date nights or friend nights or whatever you want to yeah. like by yourself nights. Movie like pass 
got me to go to the movies for the first time yeah. in like a year. Since high school. So, yeah. yeah. Almost like, every movie ticket you would buy would be more than $10. Yeah. And you could see 30 to 31 movies for $10. So now, it's amazing, right? As no wonder they're broke. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I guess this is your segment, so you want to say it. Well, I mean, just the reason like it's on my mind is because this was amazing. A lot of people jumped on it, including ourselves, and we saw movies and had a good-ass time. And now they're like, oh, shit, we're broke. Well, as of today, <laughs> I do want to say as of today, August 15th, 2018, <laughs> they have changed their plan, so you, they are only allowing us to see three movies mm-hmm. a month. So what was but unlimited that is, that became is, three. That's ten dollars. Where I will also it interject. Um, AMC also has a new program called the AMC A List, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's twenty dollars mm-hmm. a month, which is ten dollars more expensive or whatever. But you're able to see three movies a week, and it can be IMAX, the D box, the 3D, and you also get to use your AMC points. Yeah. So Regardless, if even even as three movies a month, it still pays for itself. Because you're still paying ten dollars for three Definitely. movies. Definitely. But if you're like us, <laughs> and we've been paying for it, and we don't always see movies, it's it can become a waste of money. But it's good to see someone else in the game, though. Yeah. Because until this, yeah. m- well, movie pass was pretty much by themselves. Yeah. And what's this. hard, especially for people who have movie pass, if you look at your <laughs> app and you look at the theaters near you, all of our AMC theaters, there may be like one or two movies available for you to see with movie pass because of their A-list options. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but no. Anyways, we should move on. Courtney, what yeah, is what is your edition? Um, so I kind of have two today. Um, so one I will start off with, and they're both really nice. I don't have any negative feedback. <laughs> but so since I'm a software engineer, yesterday I attended the Indianapolis Women in Tech Summit at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, where they're having the professional woman golf competition thing and we got to hear from Reshma Sujani and she is the founder of Girls Who Code and I just want to highlight that if you've never listened to her she has a few books out she has some TED talks and she's very motivational but very motivational about how culture is changing our society and turning away especially girls from coding and getting involved in technology and encouraging them to do other things that you know may bring on more like perfection and stuff like that you know we look at our industry um, just all industries across the board and they show girls in a way where you need to be perfect you need to look like this you need to look like that you need to say these things whereas men they teach you to be brave and you know just resilient like they they just basically allow men to do a lot more than females, especially as kids. And so she talks a lot about that. And she also ran for Congress twice. And so that's kind of influenced me in a way mm. to get more involved in the politics around the city. Um, so I just want to highlight on her. And then the other thing I want to talk about is a movie that we recently saw on Netflix called The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. I had to Google <laughs> it because there's so many words. Mm. It is based on a book, but it takes part in um, in the UK and over in London. And she ver- she visits this literary society, which I won't really give any spoilers, but it talks a lot about basically when the Nazis came over and they took away children and um, opportunities and animals from 
these societies and basically they found themselves in books and in reading and I think it's one of the best Netflix movies out right now. It just released this past week. And so if you guys have not seen that movie, I'll link it below. I'm not going to say it again because it's really long. <laughs> um, but it's definitely, it's not as romantic as you think from watching the trailer. So definitely give it a shot and yeah. uh, there was some just be it, open-minded. It's a, a rom-com in some aspects, but it's also pretty like, you know, edu- not educational, but informational. Is, yes, informational. Enlightening. Yes. It was a good movie. Was yes. Stay woke. Yeah. Yes. So Jared, this is our first time doing this segment, and you are our first guest. <coughs> oh so we're man. we're kind of springing this on you here. We're putting a little pressure on you, but so so I just give one thing. Whatever you want. What? Yeah, it could be okay. one or two. You know. I feel obliged to shout out some music I've been vibing. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Uh, well, the first thing. Uh, Dave Grohl. Of yes. Nirvana and yes. Foo Fighters fame, mm-hmm. released a new single called "Play." Everyone, everyone <laughs> should go to YouTube and watch this thirty-minute masterpiece mm. mm-hmm. because, mm. first of all, he was the drummer in Nirvana. He's the brains behind Foo Fighters. <laughs> mm. Legend Dave Grohl played a 23-minute-long instrumental, no words, Mm -hmm. song, and he played every instrument. And he does not know how to play piano. Did you watch his interview with Jimmy Kimmel Fallon? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I never remember. Yeah. Well, if you watch the video on YouTube and you know anything about keyboards, you can also tell that he is like, one two nice (laughs) notes at a time but anyway it's incredible i loved it um i do want to add on that though yeah um i guess two things because one he had to record it from start to finish he could not stop each take yeah yeah Um, so he would like change clothes between each instrument take so So the videos like they're all overlaid it's really cool yeah so that and the other thing is if um, we'll link the website below but on the website for play it lists um, a bunch of different schools and stuff in everyone's area so yeah. if there are kids wanting to be involved in music but there's might not be anything at school because a lot of schools are you know getting rid of music mm-hmm. um, it's all on their website which is awesome yeah. for him on that note I also uh, personally I teach at a place called School of Rock mm. where I teach like music lessons, drums, guitar, keys to kids. But on top of doing their lessons every week, they also get put into bands mm-hmm. and they like actually play out. Coolest thing in the world. Totally wish I did it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's pretty similar to this thing that Dave Grohl's promoting. Yeah. There it is. What there else am is. I listening to? <laughs> um, uh, <coughs> shoot. Nothing. Really you don't have anything stop. on your uh, well, there's a project I'm currently producing that I'm is kind of like a female-led pop type dealio, but with a lot of like real instruments involved. So <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Julia Michaels, okay, yeah. a lot of Shawn Mendes, oh. Billie Eilish, uh, Alina Baraz, all great. And then the last thing I'll say. Look out, August 31st. My boys in the wildlife are releasing their first full-length record. 
and they are going to be headlining a show. Yes. Yeah, for any any locals uh, in Indiana. Deluxe at Old National Center on September 7th. We will link that below because we will all be there. It'll be so good. My boys in the wildlife are headlining. We got uh, Fangs is playing. Okay. Also, I don't yeah. know if this is public information yet, but I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Fangs is playing. Uh, a good friend of mine from high school actually plays drums with him. Nice. So that'll be fun. Nice. And then a group called Telehope from Cincinnati. Perfect. Wow. Well, tickets will be linked below. Be and yeah. I'll any other thing to add? <laughs> um, is that it for this week? My favorite color is blue, and <laughs> I have a beard. That's what I got. Perfect. <laughs> Well, of course, everything will be linked down below in the show notes. If you guys want to find Jared, Jared, where do they find you? Is it at Jared Bright? Uh, at Jared Bright. J-A-R-R-O-D. Do people B-R-I-G. spell E-D? What? Do people spell E-D? Oh, dude, I've gotten every spelling you could possibly think <laughs> One about. R, two Ds. It starts with a G. I don't know. It's all a mess. <laughs> anyway, J-A-R-R-O-D. And then Bright. B-R-I-G-H-T. Perfect. That'll all be linked down below. And, of course, if you guys have the Anchor app, you can call in, leave us voicemail comments, and we can answer those questions. No one answered if they like pears last week and if they had any (laughs) recommendations. So I hate you all. Please let me know your favorite pears or peaches. I don't really remember which fruit I have. Are there different types of pears? Yes. At the grocery store at Kroger, there's like five different pears. Jesus. (laughs) But, of course, email us if you have any questions. Tweet us. Find us anywhere at Up Next on Tap. Next week, we will be talking about something. Staying motivated. Right? Anyway. (laughs) Our beers are gone, but anyways, we ended by saying cheers. Yeah. All right, cheers. This was a good beer. I liked it. Shout out to Garfield Brewery.